Hallelujah. So anyway, on Wednesday, we started talking about face-to-face. That is the importance of the presence of God that we serve here. David says, Thou will show me the path of life. Color. Meaning, this is what I want to talk to you about. Showing the presence, sorry, showing the path of life, I mean, the fullness of joy at the presence of God. So when a man encounters the presence of God, he says that in thy presence is fullness of joy. He did not say in the presence of God, one can find fullness of joy. He says that at, at thy presence or in, the, in thy presence is fullness of joy hallelujah now you can see that the word is is italicized it means that when you read from the original is is not there now the english people want us to wanted us to understand so they brought the word is but this is how it's going to read let me try and see if i can find it in the young literal translation okay it's not really awesome so it reads like that will show me the path of life uh-uh go back that will show me the path of life in thy presence fullness of joy in thy presence fullness of joy so it is not really like in thy presence it's not like when you it's not like in the presence of God there is something that is called fullness of joy. So this is God in his presence. There's something that so you so um, in my presence there is a chair. There's so one of the things in the presence of God is fullness of joy. Uh-uh. The, the connotation there is that the fullness of joy is the presence of God. So you don't come into the presence of God and then one of the things you find in the presence of God is called fullness of joy uh-uh. in the presence of God is fullness of joy hallelujah now that means that I told you about the word fullness from the Hebrew that the word means to be satisfied it is called the, the satiety of joy the satisfaction of joy so anybody who encounters the presence of God the way to see that the person is in the presence or the person is maximizing the presence of God or the person is enjoying the presence of God is that you will not it's not necessarily let, let me say this do you know it is possible to be healing the sick raising the dead and what have you as we know and still not be a man of the presence of God now this presence of God I'm not talking about new Christian presence of God now I'll talk about that one day but that's not what I'm talking about now now here a man can be doing all of that and the person 
will be operating with gifts but is not a person of the presence of God now one of the good characters of men who actually let me use let me borrow a word who practiced the presence of God in the Bible was David hallelujah was David and David never raised someone from the dead. He, he laid hands and raised somebody from the dead per se. Hallelujah. But you see, the reason why this is very important is that your personal life, now that's, that's where the teaching just came. Your personal life, your personal life depends on this your personal enjoyment of God is dependent on this what actually separates you from someone who is not born again is what you are learning now hallelujah the Bible says that in the in thy presence in the presence of God is the or is fullness is the completeness of joy that's also the word full so it it also connotes the idea that any other kind of satisfaction you get in any other thing is not a complete satisfaction it's not a total satisfaction so you can have a friend the friend can make you happy and because of that you know you feel like oh how many of us read the tracts the the one we had recently how many of you read it okay so you can see the perfect example is the lady in the tract who because of the maltreatment she claims she had gone through she has to go for partying she has to go and booze she has to go and do all of that and by that she believes that she is now a happy person do you understand so somebody can go to that extent somebody can cover it up with money but you see that which brings my my i don't want to teach tonight that which brings true satisfaction is the presence of god there is nothing that man can carve there is nothing that man can ever use to cover his nakedness or his want of God <laughs> write this down there is nothing that man can use to cover his need for God that can bring him satisfaction except nothing hallelujah come on I'm talking to all of us praise the Lord so it takes only God. Now, let me take you back to Genesis and let me try to let's try to help our understanding it. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter number three. My, 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 my. Are you ready for a teaching tonight? You ready for that? Okay. Genesis three. Let's start from somewhere, verse 
6. All right, so, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of it, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Next verse. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed thick leaves together and made aprons. If I actually have time, I can teach on this for a whole year. One year, solid. I know what I'm talking about. The, the Bible says that when they ate of the fruit, when they ate of the fruit, they are eyes got opened. What did the devil tell them? The devil tell them, for God knows that the day you eat of the fruit, your eyes will be opened. And the Bible says when they ate it, their eyes got opened. Did the devil lie? So the devil said, when you eat, your eyes will be open." But the devil did not tell them what their eyes will be opened to. Now, the Bible says, and, and, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Let's go to chapter 2 verse 25. My, I need time for this, baby. But I have to be done in the next 40 minutes. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. The Bible didn't say, and they were both naked, but not ashamed. The Bible says, and they were both naked and not ashamed. Now, they were both, <laughs> I like the seriousness. They were both naked, but not ashamed means that they were aware of their nakedness. If the Bible had said they were both naked but not ashamed, it means that, oh, I am naked but I am not ashamed. But when the Bible says they were both naked and not ashamed, it means that they did not have a sense of nakedness. Why? Hallelujah. They were both naked and not ashamed. So, they didn't have a sense of nakedness. They didn't have a sense of emptiness. But the very moment they ate the fruit, let's go back there, let's go back to three. The Bible says their eyes got opened and they knew they were, they, they, they were naked. Alright? So, when their eyes got open, they got to know that they were naked. Say the importance of the presence of God. Come on, say it again. Say the importance of the presence of God. Come on, say it again. I'll, I'll let you understand. Don't worry. 
Say the importance of the presence of God. One more time. The importance of the presence of God. So they added and they did not become naked but their consciousness, their awareness was brought to their nakedness. Now that means that the moment they ate the fruit they became self-conscious. All right? It brought them to self. Now, let me just digress a little. It means that, or this brings to notice that, one of the strongest effects of sin is grandiose knowledge about self. I know a lot of you didn't understand what I mean. All right? But don't worry. Those who understood caught it. The, 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 the one, one of the strongest effects of sin is that sin brought men to know more of themselves. All right? So when you see their eyes go open and they got to know that they were naked, it's not just a statement. But they, they, became, they became self-conscious. Hallelujah. They became aware of themselves. Their consciousness was about them. Everything was about them. Hallelujah. So now, we can see, even in this world, how men know little about God, but more about men. Do you understand? How people know a lot about themselves, but little about, about, about God. As for me, um, um, my zodiac sign is, uh, as for me, my zodiac sign is, I am karate, I am penganka, I am push, I am push. You know, and they can describe they use their temperament. I am sanguine. As a sanguine, I like to be hey, and I like to be hey. I am phlegmatic. I am this, you know, like everything. I know everything about me, scientific. I know how my system should. No, 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 no. It's not God. It is sin. It is not God. Any knowledge that delves into self. This is where he came from. When they ate, the Bible says they knew. So knowledge came. But the knowledge that came was self-knowledge. Do you understand that? So we can say knowledge of self. Knowledge of self. Knowledge of self began when man sinned. Don't worry, next year, this scripture is one of the scriptures we will teach when I'm talking about the concept of redemption. Yeah, concept of redemption will be, be tough. Do you understand? I said, do you understand? Good. So, they became aware of themselves. Now, the very moment that happened, let me shift away from that because I said next year. The, the very moment they became aware of their nakedness, the Bible says that they sewed thick leaves together and they made themselves aprons. 
The Bible says they sold fig leaves for themselves and they used it to make aprons. What, what is that? They made a covering for themselves. Next year, I'll use this scripture to teach you once saved, forever saved. We'll, we'll run like 40 scriptures. I've, I've now the study. <laughs> and they sold fig leaves for themselves and they made aprons so they covered themselves when they had a sense of their nakedness but all the while the Lord made them still naked all the while God made them naked and they were not ashamed and they didn't have any sense of, hey, we need to cover ourselves. No. Why? Why? Because of the presence of God. Be- because of the presence of God. That in the presence of God, there is no sense of nakedness. Uh, you don't understand when the Bible says we are, we are covered under the shadow of his mighty wings. God does not have wings. Do you understand? It's a technical word for the presence of God. That in the presence of God, there is a covering. And the, and the covering covers so that, it covers so much that you cannot even have a sense of nakedness or a sense of lack. This is what David said that at the, in thy presence is the fullness of joy, the completeness of joy. So if this is the same nakedness, same, nothing has changed, same nakedness before and after. When a man regardless his shortcomings if the man is someone that is engrafted in the presence of God there is no sense there's no sense of lack there's no sense of nakedness do you know why I think you are the one who made that statement where you 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 believe that the moment you start you come to church or whatever or you are worshiping God there is the complete it's like you are out of this world you no longer remember you don't have school fees. You don't remember you have issues. You don't have, no, no. Why? That is where real covering is. And, and there, he, he will not use his presence to bring you money. He will not give you money that, oh, because you are the this money. Uh-uh. The present becomes enough that you, you are like, this is where I want to be. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because the presence of God brings us total, complete, absolute, whole joy. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. So when we see somebody, hallelujah, when we see somebody who is always in distress, when we see somebody who is always trying to make up something, 
When we see somebody who is always trying to find completion in something, I, I, want, I have to cover myself. I have to sow thick leaves. I have to this. I have to that. The, the person is not, it's not just about being hard. It's not all hard working that is hard working. Uh-uh. The person, something has tampered with his practice of the presence of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Ah, you didn't like what I told you. Alright, so they sow for themselves fig leaves. Do you know fig leaves? It's a very broad leaf. Very broad. So they, they pieced it together and then they covered themselves. But how long, oh man, I can't wait for next year. Because next year I'll ask you that question. How long? How long? I'm inside what next year already. In terms of the things I will teach, I'm, I'm inside it already. Let's say I'm with the word motivate. <laughs> Hallelujah. How long can a piece of leaf take if you are using it to cover yourself? Just a little sunshine and then it dies off. That was a picture of the law. A picture of the law. A picture of the Lord. And a picture of man trying to work out a way of covering. Trying to work out a way of covering. So he sold for himself fig leaves. This is also another picture of the Tower of Babel. When man, and this is also the picture of religions. This is the picture of religions. When man is trying to bring a covering. Let's continue the scripture. Now listen. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is six months. Listen. You people sometimes you think I'm exaggerating. Eh? They heard the voice of God. This is the first time that the Bible is saying they heard the voice of God. Are you matured or you are not matured? Because I want to say something. Before this, they were not hearing the presence of God. They were not hearing, sorry, they were not hearing the voice of God. Come on, they weren't. And after all these things, they fall in. So, How was the communication? They heard the voice of God walking in the garden. The voice of God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of God. They hid themselves 
from they hid themselves from the presence of God. They hid themselves from the presence of God. Oh my God. Among the trees of the garden. That's the problem. Whenever men are dominated by self, they always hide among something to feel shielded from God. Oh my, you don't, you don't understand what I mean. So listen, I am running away from God to where? He said, inside a tree or around the trees of the garden. I want to go and stay somewhere that God, I, I don't even want to hear him. It's not today people stop going to church because they have sinned. This is where it started from. But you cannot hide yourself in a better place except the presence of God. You can't hide, you see. So a lot of people carve places of hiding for themselves. So today, it is not a tree. Somebody can be hiding at the back of his work, among the, the place he works. Somebody can use friends to hide from God. Somebody can even use education to hide from God. I'm busy, I'm learning. So I don't want to, I can't come to church. I'm learning. I am doing this. I am doing that. I am doing this. I am doing that. Always a bunch of activities that makes the person hide from the presence of God. Oh, but we are coming to read something right now. Hallelujah. The moment sin came in, Man began hiding in the midst of trees, in the midst of things. So now, next verse. Listen to what he said. And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, Where art thou, my God? See, this is something. I'll not give you the duration. In Genesis... We see that it's God who came. Anything that claims man has to go to God is not correct. It is not correct. Islam is not correct. Buddhism is not correct. All those guys, not correct. What is Christianity? I am come that I might save my people. I, I have come to save. That, that's exactly what God was doing here. So God says, where are thou? Now listen to the response. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now this, I'll look at one word, one word. I was afraid, I'll explain to you. I was naked and I hid myself. This I'll explain. Everyone will take some weeks. But listen, for the sake of the presence, let me just take the one thing. He says that I heard your voice. I was afraid 
because I was naked. Ah. But some verses about they said they did what? They sow fig leaves. Do you understand? He says, I was afraid because I was naked. Now you can see the was is italicized actually. It actually means I was afraid because I naked. Let's continue. Who told you that I was naked? Have you know have you eaten the this and that? I told you not to eat? Continue. Now jump to. Oh my. Verse 21. Now all of us, let's read. One to go. So you see the you see Christianity right there. So now God made coats of skins. The first atonement. And the Bible says, and by Shabaya. Hallelujah. Read it again. One to go, 21. One to go. He made coat of skins and he did not just cover them. He clothed them. That means that the word clothed means to dress up. So he made coat of skins and he dressed them up what then is redemption and they were dressed up with the skins of the animals that God used what it means is that in the picture of our redemption I'm still talking about the presence of God don't get it twisted in the picture of our redemption we are clothed with the coat with, with, with the coat of skins or of the skin. So Paul comes to make statements like put on Christ. He, he talks about put on Christ. He, we put on Christ. He, he speaks about in Christ. He speaks about, so when you talk about in Christ, he's, he's in, so there is in Christ, meaning that you are inside, you are wearing. So salvation is a clothing. Do, do you understand? Like a clothing. So where, where now is where now you are, you are clothed. And God clothed them and then he said, you can go. Oh, Jesus. 
I don't necessarily have to be where you are physically. But you are clothed. You can go. My voice has not, my voice does not have to follow you around. You are clothed. You can go. Just wait. Just wait. But you remember that after this, God sacked them out of the garden. So this clothes that God has made, what if the clothes finish? That's where one say forever comes in. It's one dress I've done for you. Go. One dress. It's not two. One dress. You are good to go. Go with that one dress. Go with that one dress. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you have asked God, at least do like five, this thing for us. Like, just just make like 25. I've I've made coverings. I've made made one for your hand. I've made one for your ear. I've made one for your ear. I've covered it. I've covered it. Just just put all of that together and make a step and go. And the Bible didn't say, and they left with their bags. No. One is enough. I will come to you at the appointed time. And I will come and explain all these things. I will give you a proper explanation of all of these things. So there are two things. The Bible says, the lamp of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And then the lamp of God that was slain at the foundation of the world. They are not the same. The one before the foundation and there's one at the foundation. And then the one that came in time. 2,000 years ago. Jesus Jesus has died three deaths. Not three as in three, but he gave pictorial, uh, uh, prophetic, this thing about it. Hallelujah. The first death is when he was born out of deity. When he was born out of the, he was, you see, the Trinity was not one, two, three people. No. When Jesus was born out of deity that was where he died first that is the one who was slain before the foundation of the world before the world was laid before everything when he had to die and that one was when he had to be plucked out of the father ah it's a teaching i'm telling you it's it's a teaching and the bible talks about it Hallelujah. The Bible talks about it. Now, let's come back to what I'm telling you. So, in the presence of God, hallelujah, we look at Adam and the wife who, before they sinned, it couldn't be said that they were naked. Hallelujah. Come on. Are we together in this place? It couldn't be said that they were naked. Until they sinned. And when they sinned, they became naked. When they became naked, the Bible says they hid themselves from the presence of God. And they hid themselves from the presence of God. They made things for themselves. They hid themselves among trees. Listen, there is always a list of activities. There is always things that man wants to do. To fill up his inner cravings. 
whenever he's out of touch with the presence of God. So even when a Christian is not practicing or maximizing or enjoying or being intentional about his practice of the presence, all the things the Bible has listed that is called the practice of the presence, when a Christian is not intentional about it, a Christian becomes like a withered garden. All right? He becomes like a garden with no life. He becomes, a, he becomes like someone who is always, he's complaining, he's not happy, he has one problem after the other, every issue he's inside, everything. It's like, uh, why, why, this guy, why is his life like that? Meanwhile, this guy goes to church. The person can't even be tongue talking. It's like nothing works for the person. You see, the thing is that whenever there is an extrication from the presence of God, either consciously or in person, you will always be in the midst of a lot of things. Hallelujah. You will always be in the midst. You will always be doing a lot of things. And you see, you will still be naked. You will still be found wanting. So David comes in to say that in thy presence, I will talk about in thy pleasures evermore. That, I don't know, maybe on Sunday, but in thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy presence is fullness of joy. It means that the end result of all the things we are looking for is summed up in one thing, the presence. So, so when I marry, I'll be happy. When I finish school, I'll be happy. When I get money, I'll be happy. When I build a house, I'll be joyful. When I do this, I'll be okay. When I do that, when you list all those things, then David says, listen to me. You don't have to get those things to be happy. There is one thing that when you see, that's where the joy is. Because when a man gets money, he has a desire to get more. So he's never satisfied. When somebody marries, if the person is not solid in his faith, the person would want to go and try another lady because he gets tired of just one person all the time. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When somebody buys a car and then he, he's there, he wants to get a new car. When somebody buys a phone, all those of you using iPhone, whatever and whatever, you know, now you are thinking of how to upgrade you, we are upgrading our iOS. We are upgrading our Android versions. We are upgrading now. The, first of all, it was some, some TVB. Now, oh, it, it became colored. If you have color TV, you are this. Oh, then flat screen came, and then it's flat. At Oh, then they brought Kev. Now, they will, very soon, they will bring Oxagon. <laughs> and all the upgrades of men... All the upgrades of men. Somebody is just praying to just pass Wasi. Oh, it's not true. After Wasi, he wants to bag a degree. After a degree, now they begin to tell you bag masters. After masters, they will tell you to do your doctorate. After that, they will tell you to do your, your, your professorship. And go and go and go and go and go. And you see, always there is something that tells you you are never there. There's something that tells you you are never there. Search for more. You can become better. You can become better. There's that, 
there's that penchant and there's this competitive spirit. They will now tell you, didn't you, didn't you see what this person has done? Can't you do the same? Can't you do? And it is natural with humanity and humanism. Because of the falling state. Listen, when you read Ecclesiastes, eh? let's go, let, let me, let me, my. Let me show you something. Halamasute. 729, Ecclesiastes 729. Lo, this only have I found that God has made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. He says, God. The making of man. God made man upright. And the Hebrew word upright means straight. No fault. Complete. God made man complete. Solid. He's not talking about Adam. He's talking about a man God has made. He says you are okay. Then he says that. But they have sought out many inventions. He's explaining why there are lots of troubles. Listen, listen. God has made man complete. Complete. Your completion is not in a car. Your completeness is not in this. Your completion is not in that. First of all, start living your life by knowing that God has made me complete. Nothing is wrong with me, man. Nothing is wrong with me. But the problem is that man has sought out many inventions. Somebody says that, oh, I am not hippie. He goes, they can, they can load all the fat from the tummy and they will put it in the bottles. Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, stuff like that. He's there, he said, I think I want to wear a tattoo. Then he goes and they tattoo him. Then somebody will say, no, I want to remove my teeth and do gold teeth. Then somebody will say, I don't like the shape of my head. Then they will remove the head and put another head and all kinds of things. And it's not just body stuff. It's not just body stuff. It talks about upgrades. Hunger for increment. Upgrades. They want new things. So the thing does not belong to him. He, he will even steal it. Upgrades. There's this hunger. There's this, there's this unsettlement with man. And Ecclesiastes says, no, God didn't make you like that. No, no, God did not. God did not make you that if you don't have money, don't be able to sleep. It's an invention. It's an invention. God did not make you that at the age of 22, you by force, by force, you have to grab somebody's son or somebody's daughter. No, it's an invention. You are learning it from the TVs. You are learning it from society. You are learning it from foolish people. So it's invention. They'll begin to tell you that, oh, when you are 22 years, your hormones are high. And because of that, you begin to explore all sexual parameters and what are, They'll just use English. It's still inventions. Still inventions. About God made man upright. God made man straight. God made man correct. That's the word. Correct. But... He says that 
they have sought out many inventions. Praise the Lord. Many inventions. Today is not happy. Why are you not happy? Sir? I, I, I think I'm having um, um, diplomatic diarrhea. Conjitis camphrabatas. Kulenoculata. They just be saying things like that. And you know, I'm sanguine. All those sanguine, tamprangwing, confranguing, astrogy, palafrates, all these things are inventions. Choleric, phlegmatic, impapipa, tilalala, kolososu, strekupaliku, tana, swanta. All these things are inventions. Hallelujah. Because you see, when God made man, God made man from him. Ah, Next year I'll talk to you about and God made man in his image. I will explain that thing to you. It, yes, it will go beyond the telem, the one that you know. My God, my God. My God, my God. <laughs> Is serious. When God, we'll visit this scripture. When God says, Let us make man in our own image. Most I will do the own. He says, In our own image. In our own image. He didn't say in, in, in our image. He says, In our own image and after our likeness. So, when man begins to define his importance by things that are not in the image of God, it's an insult to his own persona. It's an insult to his own persona. When a man can die because he does not have a car, when a man can commit suicide because he does not have, I understand when you don't have money, you get angry. I understand all of that. But if a man can commit suicide because somebody did not give, give him money and he thinks he's depressed, you have insulted your makeup. God made you faultless. God made you straight. God made you, say, I am correct. I am correct. Some of you didn't say something. Say, I am correct. I am correct. So that's how God made man. But man now started seeking out for many inventions. Ah, it's time. Let's try and close. Many inventions. Many inventions. Now I have to smoke to get high. I have to smoke to be able to learn. I have to smoke to be able to do this. Right now, I have to do this to be able to do that. I have to it is still invention. God made man correct. Correct. Praise the name of the Lord. I am not, I, I am correct. So this, I'm made in the image. I am made in the own image of God. Man is made in, in he says, let us make man in our own image. In our own so God could have made man in, a, in the image of something else. But it's in our own image. That one, he's not talking about Adam. Mm -mm. He is not talking about Adam at all. 
No, 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 no. That scripture is not for Adam. No, it's not for Adam. That statement, God made it. He made it in the vision of Moses. It's not for Adam at all. No, 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 it's not for Adam. See, the Bible says Christ Jesus. He is the image of the Father. The express image of the Father. Let us make man in our own me. God says in our own. So what is the our own image? Christ. So now, Paul comes to tell you in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that for we are his workmanship in Christ. We are his workmanship in the image. In Christ. Hallelujah. So for we are his workmanship created in Christ. Put it down, put it down, put it down. I thought you would put it there. Created in Christ unto good works which God before ordained that we should come and walk in them. It takes, it takes, it takes, it takes, it takes, it takes a making. It takes a creating. It takes a working. It takes a fashion. I need this for crusade too. It takes a fashion in the image to be able to walk, to advance in the good works which he has ordained for you. Come on. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before appointed, ordained that we should progress in them. So it takes a making in Christ to be able to progress in the good works, not just in good works, but in the good works which God has ordained for you to walk in them even before the world began. That is why we can say a man, if a man has not found Christ, he has not started living life. So let us make man in our own image. It's not just talking about, it's not talking about creation. Let me not just suggest. No. It's a revelation of the fact that man will be born in Christ unto good works. Praise the Lord. A burning, a burning in Christ. So, the, the gentleman tells us in, in, in Ecclesiastes that God has made man upright. When you see the church, people of Christ, people of God, you see the church begin to copy the world so that now the church can become a place for everybody. There is a problem. Because the church is not the world. And the world is not the church. The church simply are the people that have been created in Christ. They are the workmanship. The word is poema. It, mean, it, it actually means the greatest handiwork of an artist. Like when you meet an artist, the highest of the best that he has done, that is what the word was used for. So we are, we are the best God has ever done. And that happened in Christ. Ayanamashai. So now let's come back to what I'm telling you so that we can wrap up. He says that God has made man complete. God has made man faultless. But man has sought for many inventions. Say, I love the presence of God. So now, the only place 
to be the only place to be that you are going to experience a total completion and a total lack of nothing is in the presence of God. You didn't understand all the teachings? That's what I want, I want us to arrive at. So if I am a man of the presence of God, and this one, listen, I'll just, I'm not just talking about the fact that you're born again, of course. When you are born again, you live in the presence of God every day. But you see, when you are not conscious of where you are, and you are not practicing where you have been brought, the Bible says the heir, as long as he is a child, he is not different from a slave. So your life will just be like somebody who is not born again. But the moment you get born again, you need to understand and know where you are and practice where you are. I live in the presence of God. And where is the presence of God? Fullness of joy. Completeness of joy. You see, let me wrap up with this. The Bible says, this same David, Psalm 27. No, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, sorry. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Come on. Uh I shall not. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He didn't say the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything. There are two different things. He says the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. A complete, no, a sense of completeness when you have encountered and engaged God. Can I say that again? A sense of absolute completion when you are walking with God. Now here we can say that the moment somebody is not in this condition and the person is in want. Because you see, the want here, when you continue to read, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with car. Do you understand? Come on, I we together in this place. So when, when somebody begins to want... The word want is to be without. A sense of without. A sense of without. And he says that when the Lord is your shepherd, you don't have that sense. No, when I begin to think, when I even begin to think that my beauty or my my handsomeness is not enough as it stands now, I am wanting. When I begin to feel like if I'm standing before people, I can't talk. I am not maximizing the shepherdoral skills of God. Because if God is my shepherd, I should not feel like I can't in anything. 
I should not see you like I don't have in anything. If God is my shepherd, I should come to a point of saying I don't lack. Come on, say God is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. <laughs> he is my shepherd. This is why the, the man is talking about the complete fullness of joy is in the presence of God. That sense of absolute completion. So, let's continue. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh-huh. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down a picture of rest. So restlessness, agitation is simple or is simply the fact that you are not being shepherded. And you are not being shepherded will not be from, it will not be, it will not be, it will not be God's fault. He says that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He has a place. He has a constant position of making me rest. The very moment I become restless, the very moment I become, hey, hey, how is this thing? Hey, the very moment that is happening, I am not listening to God. When I teach about listening to the voice of God or hearing the voice of God next year, I also, we also come here. How to know it is the voice of God? How to know it's the will of God or not? Come on, we are together in this place? Yes, are we together in this place? Yes, so he makes me to lie down. He makes me to rest. So the very moment I begin to think about something and I'm restless. And the thing is taking my peace. And it's taking my joy. And it's taking all of that. I just have to know something is wrong. I am not being led. I am not being shepherded. I am not aligning myself to the spirit of shepherding in the presence of God. Come on. Come on. Are you here with me, everybody? So this is a brother who, let's say, everything is going bad around, like everything, everything, everything is crumbling. But the person can still say, Jesus is Lord. It's not like it's not paining the person. It's paining the person. But the person says, Jesus is Lord. The Lord is in charge. Things will align. Things will align. The person may even be crying. Look at Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. He wept. The Bible says Jesus wept. So he even cried. But he said, Father, thank you that you have heard me. I might have cried because I'm sorrowful, but that does not mean you have not heard me. You have heard me. Come on. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 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 Meaning, Jesus is dealing with a case that the sister said, please, it's been four days. He is thinking. Let's forget about this. He is abound. He is thinking. And Jesus said, did I not tell you if you believe you see the glory of God? Open it. So Jesus is dealing with situations that even the family members have written it off. 
but he and in the sight of a lot of people, yet he was very restful. Are, are we together? Yes, Come on, are we together? It is not like when you are in the presence of God, there, there will be no situation. No, it's not like things will not come and challenge your faith. Uh-uh, they will come. But then, the proof that you are being shepherded, you are being led, all right? The proof that you are being led in that presence is that we will see that you are lied down or you've been, you, you lie down in green pastures. You, you rest. Then he says, he leads me beside the still waters. He does, not lead, he does not lead me to a place of hot waters. He does not lead me to a place where I'll be, I'll be gasping for air. Where I, everything is crumbling. Everything is, I am in agitation. Hey, hey, eh, eh, any little thing can go. You, you no problem, please, any little thing. No, still waters. Where I can have enough to drink. Where supplies are made. Hallelujah. See the kind of life in the presence of God. He leads me beside the still waters. Where the waters are fresh. Where I don't have to be rushing. Where I don't have to be killing somebody for something. Where I don't have to bulldoze my way through and stuff like that. Next verse. We are closing. He restoreth my soul. He restoreth. It's, it's literally, he rejuvenates me. He rejuvenates me. He recharges me. He, he re-energizes me. See, so long days of witheredness, long days of of, of, of dryness in your spirit. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel the presence of God. You feel like your prayer life is down. You don't even used to pray again. And that has been for six months, two years. And somebody will even be like, when I pray, I don't feel anything. When I pray, it's just normal. Uh-uh. You are not being led. You are not being led. Because if you're being led in the leading of his presence, there is always a restoration of souls that, that there is the rejuvenation. You feel you feel you feel refreshed. Hallelujah. Come on, you feel refreshed. And this, remember, the man is not teaching here, he is singing. He is singing his experience with God. Psalm 23, he's singing his experience with God. He restored my soul. God restores my soul. So he's thinking, I've seen the Lord restore my soul. Then he says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh-huh. Come on, next verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. What is that? Presence. So he says, yet though I walk through the valley, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He says, if you drop me in the midst of situation where there are evils around, I'll still not be expecting evil. 
because you are with me and you are with me does not mean that you know you know a lot of grace people now come and tell you that he is not with you he is in you he he was emmanuel he is no more in. that's foolishness man god with you so someone say in the old testament he was with us in the new testament he is in us jesus says and lo i'll be with you always in the new testament See, a lot of times people just use English to explain Bible. Of course, it's very important, but a lot of times it makes things foolish. With you, with you, it's not English. When a Hebrew man tells you, I am with you, I can tell you, I'm, I'm with you, but I'll be in my home. So, Elijah told Gehazi, was my spirit not with you when you left? But the man was there. It doesn't mean that the spirit left. And it was, no, that's not it. Mm -mm. The word with you has several connotations. But in this one, with you is agreement. So when, when God says, I will be with you, he's saying that I am in agreement with you and I am bound. I am bound by that agreement. So when he says, thou art with me, he's not just saying that, uh, you know, like as I'm walking, God is, God is also at my back. He says, I'm with you, Charlie, let's go. God says, uh-huh, no, let's go. Uh-huh. Hey, <laughs> no, I am with you. I am with you means that you are my person. I am with you is that you are my responsibility. I am with you is that my presence is with you. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. And when his presence is here, he says, even if you are thrown in the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil. Say, no evil shall before me. I don't have people here. Say, no evil shall before me. Come on, say, no evil shall before me. No evil shall before me. So when he says that in thy presence is the fullness of joy, that's the completeness that comes in the presence of God. That's the completeness that is found in the presence of God. That's the, that's the completeness. So when you begin to get worried, when you begin to get agitated, when you are always unsettled and unrested in your spirit, there are some people today, they want this. They run it, ah, then they say, ah, no, there's nothing inside. Today this, today that, today this. When you see somebody who is not resting, somebody who doesn't have rest, settlement, the person is not being led by God. And one of the ways you see such people is rush. Hallelujah. They don't have time for time. Yeah, I don't have time for time. So, if, listen, if God has told you, if God has told you, it will not take away your peace of mind. If God is in agreement, it will not take your peace of mind. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So those of you will be asking, how can I hear if it's God? How can I know if it is God? How can I know if it's my mind? How can I know if it's the devil? That's it. 
Because when flesh is involved, flesh will always want to have its way. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit, they're always fighting. But if it is the spirit, if it is God, it comes with settlement. It comes with this assurance. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. So if you see somebody, oh, there are people, they rush in life. They rush, they rush. Even when they are picking cars, they rush. You, you, you understand what I'm talking about? And they are always on, they are always on, they are always unsettled. Unsettled, no. When you are shepherded by God, there is rest. Sometimes you don't even know how God is going to fix all those mess. But you just, you just, you just leave it to God. And then things begin to perfectly align. As you keep on doing the things of God, you just, you say, Father, this is your business. And there is that kind of assurance. How many of you have been in situations before that it's like, now that's it, that's it now, that's it, it's gone, it's, it's gone, it's, it's gone, you are dead, that's it. There's no way out. You can't explain anything. You can't, you don't, even prayer, you don't even know where to begin from. I remember one time, I went to God in prayer and I just said one thing. Then I started crying. It was a three days wait, you know. It was just a, a normal three days waiting. It wasn't like the, the, there, was, there was a matter that took me to waiting. My normal three days. When I just went there, I just lifted my eyes. And I said, Father, I've missed you. No, I said, dear God, I've missed you. And it sounded something to me. It, was, it wasn't like I was not praying. <laughs> My father, my father. Hallelujah. But I mean, I mean, in those kind of situations, and then the, the, it's like inside your head, there's no will, but inside your spirit, it's like, why are you, what, what is your problem? Okay, so right now, what's your problem? How many of you have cried for nothing? You started crying. You started crying. You are just crying. And then something will tell you that, so, so right now, why are you crying? <laughs> Why are you crying? And you are not able to answer. Hallelujah. There's a rest that comes with God. Sweet and wonderful rest found in Jesus, my Savior. Oh, sweet and wonderful rest. When you begin to be, today you, you, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Check it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Go and write Wasi and come. You have gone to go mad. Over one paper. Now we have to pray for you. No rest. No rest. There's no rest. There's, there's no, I'll, I'll give you scripture. Maybe next week I'll show you. No, no rest. Go and write a paper and come. You've gone mad. Say I rest. There is total completion. In the presence of God. 17, 15. 17, verse 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake, when I awake with thy likeness. What scripture did you read the last time? I read something very sensible. But I'll see your face in righteousness when I awake. 
I will be satisfied with your presence. Say face to face. One more time, say face to face. So let's let's practice, let's become intentional about the presence of God. Come on. Let's become very intentional. Be singing. Be praying. Be reading the scriptures and be loving on God. That we can't do it in church. Hallelujah. Drop your troubles. Just come and love God. Just be loving God. Have a personal life. Have a personal walk with God. Hallelujah. See, there are two kinds of walks. There is a corporate walk with God and there is a personal walk with God. Corporate walk with God is when we are walking with God as a church. Alright? So as a church, we come together, we are praying, we are eating the word and stuff. That's a corporate walk. But the most important thing is a personal walk with God. You have a personal walk with God. You study your Bible. You pray. You feast on God. You spend time just in worship. Hallelujah. You feast on God. Our, our, our mothers and other people, some people have it. They are, they are birthdays. I mean, they are days of birth. They don't even eat. They fast. Some fast 6 to 12, some fast 6 to 9, some fast 6 to 2, some fast 6 to 3, some 6 to 6. And they stay conscious, praying, worshipping, or something. All these things are our intentional ways of enjoying the already giving presence of God that we have. Hallelujah. Try this for one month. Just be praising God, worshipping God, loving on God. I believe in the course of the, of the month, I should be able to explain that and teach you how to do that. You, you, you will always, it will always be like you have found something, you found a treasure. And there's always a place to run to. Hallelujah. These are things that happen to you in the place of fellowship. In the place of fellowship. In the place of fellowship. In the place of, you will not get overwhelmed. Hallelujah. A lot of useless things will not be coming in your head. Say, I walk in the presence of God. Say, I make conscious effort. Oh, come on, talk to me. Say, I make conscious effort to enjoy the presence of God. To enjoy the presence of God. To enjoy the presence of God. I want you to say this intentionally. Say, I make conscious effort. Come on, say, I make conscious effort to enjoy the presence of God. Come on, I enjoy the presence of God. I enjoy the presence of God. Come on, say, I enjoy the presence of God. Say, in his presence is fullness of joy. One more time, say, in his presence is fullness of joy. Say, I rejoice in the presence of my Lord. I rejoice in the presence of my Lord. I rejoice in the presence of of my Lord. Hallelujah. Just lift your voice in the next 30 seconds.
and bless the name of the Lord. I have in me the burden 